Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Call an Uber because it's the UBB. Oh, roll with that. We have been it. chatting for at least twenty minutes before this podcast started, Scott. <laughs> you could have come up with a much better opening line than that. But I at the same time, I, I do could. appreciate it. I do. Yes, appreciate it. this is the UBP, the Untitled Banner Podcast. I am your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everybody. Which I feel like I say in the same cadence every week. It rolls off the tongue quite literally, but it's the the two people <laughs> that are bringing to you all sorts of community submitted questions and stuff. Now we're recording a day early, and um, because you're off tomorrow i'm away on holiday for my little Indeed. birthday happy, and so, happy pre-birthday scott thank you i'm loving the pre-birthday it doesn't feel like it's this weekend you know when you get to a certain age where you're just sort of oh yeah it's, it's just there and I'll, I'll eat cake on the day but yeah. i'm just saying that christmas has not been the same since i've hit 30 like <laughs> uh, like as soon as i hit 30 i became jaded it just became like oh christmas is just a cynical form of capitalism and it was like smoking <laughs> my big like at my hype pipe and then i was just like nah it's not happening reading that statistic about how it's like is it 700 miles of wrapping paper gets wasted every year or something that's only the uk think of the dolphins <laughs> think of the wildlife yeah uh, but yes a uh, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their questions i rolled in a few different and um, previous you VP carryovers. Um, I also brought together some questions that we used on the Wednesday podcast because we, we did a QA and uh, a for the main I podcast. I bloody well saw that, mate. I was going to I was going to message you and I was going to be like copyright <laughs> infringement UBP. I'll be sending Here's a question for you. Why are you, why are you ripping this off? Because it was 40 degree heat jewels. We were sitting no, I in the, do not blame the you, tiny man. little room. How was how was the heat wave down south? Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I feel like if you were to uh scrape down my back using one of those like squeegees, you probably would have been able to wring an entire bucket off of me. Oh, yeah. de, oh de god would have been the phrase uh, the scent of the I'll day. tell you what if you if you'd bottled that someone would have bought that remember, well, remember oh, low de god you, yeah, yeah no, i'm just saying if you sold your back sweat oh in a bottle, no let's not someone out this. there you'll probably let yourselves know on twitter when we do the next round of questions but someone out there would buy your back sweat Okay, let, okay, here's here's the deal. If you are said person who really would like to have some of my bodily fluids, sweat or otherwise, uh, I will be charging a premium, but I will also be donating that money to charity because some good, good has to come out of that evil. I tell you yes, that. Yes, we can course correct from the days of um the whatever Twitch streamer it was selling their bath water. It's uh, you've oh, got to Is it Amaranth? I Maybe it was say, Amaranth, yeah. I know that she was selling farts in a jar. If it, 
No jokes. No jokes. No jokes. Like, like, like. And this is the thing. I, I am so here for this because it's yeah. like in a world in which that idea seems utterly ridiculous. Hustlers gotta hustle. If right. somebody's gonna pay you money for it, why not? Like you're not wrong. I remember not? the thing is, I remember back in like it would have been 2005 or six when Ozzy Osbourne sold a, a, a it was a blister or a scab on eBay, oh. and everyone was like, "Oh my god, Blech. what are you doing?" And I very much stand by that general sentiment. But at the same time, I don't know if it's better or worse than farts in a jar or what was the there was someone selling air in a jar as well from like different countries and no stuff. idea like, i bet there's a whole cottage like, industry bottled air from like uh, it was like bottled clean air and i think it was amazing. going to i forget which um city it was that had like a, a level of smog that was so bad and they're like here's some fresh air for you in a can which is so funny because obviously that is a major joke of the space balls <laughs> film where the right, right. is like trying like they they have no air or clean mm-hmm. air so they're constantly like opening cans of fresh air and just like huffing <laughs> up their nose it's brilliant that's the good stuff that's air- reality now we live yeah. in a comedy Farcically, the amount it. of various comedy <laughs> sketches that have come true, including that. Um, so yeah, overall, this is the entire partner podcast where we ask you for whatever you'd like us to talk about each week. And like I said, mm-hmm. I've rolled together some various things, and um, so we'll get through as many questions as we what can. What you're saying is, is that we're drawing from the golden take trough, which basically yes. sits underneath the regular take trough, and all the overspill goes into that. It's like a bar mat, but instead of a disgusting pint at the end of an evening, this is a delicious nectar of the gods that we yeah. will now pour into your open mouths like baby birds slurp it up and so i've rolled together various questions from the ubp and from the main pod because we've got loads i was like sure. oh we'll give you guys like an hour to submit stuff and we've got loads through anyway and um, so opening question from andy n7k who says do you three well it's you three do you two mm. think that the last of us part one uh, the remake is a cash grab by naughty dog now i don't know if you've seen the latest I, leaks yes i have i've, I've uh went on to the site and mm. i had a look at all the leaks and i thought to myself am i on the right page because i <laughs> thought that this was already the <laughs> game that had already come out the remastered version and then I had to double check just to make sure that there was no more information on said page mm-hmm. it turns out that was the latest PS5 version would you and like to pay £70 for a game from 2013 with some nicer visuals I feel really bad because I know that work has gone into this yes, and I know that they are basically polishing an already brilliant gem but at the same time I don't want to pay £70 for this experience alone I feel mm-hmm. like it looks amazing. The combat does look really slick, but it doesn't look any different from what I've already played. So I yeah. do have to look at it and be like, why for this price? Could it not have been a slightly discounted price? I think that's, it's a weird... Um, I don't I don't think it's a cash grab. I think that label sort of is too reductive to like just no, the, yeah. you know, the amount of work that's been put in. But I do see the argument of... You know, like that general idea that when it was revealed, that idea of it having new um, combat mechanics and having new gameplay systems, and a lot of people assuming that that would mean you've taken Last Mm -hmm. of Us 2's engine, uh, or Last of Us 2's combat, and put that into Last of Us 1. Now, apparently, I mean, according to the PlayStation Store listing, it has been remade from the ground up using their newer game engine. Um, But in terms of how it plays, it looks like it plays the same as Last of Us 1, which is fine. That's still one of my favorite games of all time. Um, But I think £70, like you said, is, is too egregious for a visual overhaul. Yeah, I agree. And I, like while I watched um, some of the combat play out, I did notice slight differences here and there. Mm. I would say that the um, the aiming and animations do seem a lot more fluid. Yes. The flow between close uh, combat and ranged didn't seem as clunky as it sometimes could be, because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I had a few instances on the original version of the game where you would basically shoot, 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 they'd get too close. Oh dear, try and get out a melee weapon, but then you'd like almost have to be in the right angle. It, to it was very chunky. So you'd end yeah. up just sort of like missing entirely and be like, okay, that 
that I, i'm dead now because of that yeah i think it's like one of those things where i always really loved last of us one's combat i get that a lot of people don't like it and they have qualms like what you just said i always really like that feel of joel is like you're almost like a walking fridge like he's so heavy and chunky yeah, yeah. and has so much momentum and everything and um, but yeah looking at the remake stuff and it's over on um reset era at the minute it'll probably get taken down but there's a few gameplay clips out there um showing the remake but like you said when you first put it on i had the exact same thing of like have i has someone inserted a clip of the old last of us as a yeah. comparison it's like mm -hmm. oh no that is that is actually the remake and um, i had the same reaction to the initial screenshots but obviously if you side by side them you can tell it's the the remake that has been worked yeah. into it but it doesn't blow you away i feel i feel like if we're being honest and i feel like that's what naughty dog needs to do with its customers hmm. is that the use of the word remade from the ground up is something right, that really right. does need to be banned unless hmm. it's actually true because it just stinks of hyperbole like yeah. what they've actually probably done is they've taken it back to a design core elements you know when you've got all of your like wireframe sketches of the city and stuff like that hmm. and applied their new graphics engine or physics engine over the top of that hmm. that isn't that technically is being remade from the ground up at that point. You technically can stamp your organic seal of approval onto that, mm -hmm. but it's not actually true in the sense of what it creates in the mind of a consumer. Remade true. from the ground up means you went back to literally the code and went back and started rewriting that to begin it anew. Whereas mm -hmm. this is very much a uh, plonked on shell, it feels like. <laughs> I don't, but again, I, I feel like cash grab, possibly too much. It's not the FIFA legacy editions for the mm -hmm. Switch that Switch owners are still enjoying. No, FIFA it's, yeah, 20, it's not that. 18 now, I think that mm -hmm. they're, they're on. Um, it's definitely not that. It, I think it's like it a, there's a distinction to be made in terms of like the, the cash grab part is not the core of the production. Obviously, the production has meticulous amounts of effort being put into it. Mm -hmm. It's a worthwhile game to exist and a worthwhile re-release to exist. The cash grab part is maybe that extra 10, 20 pounds when you could have sold it for 50 or you could have sold it for 40. Yeah. That's the grabby part, not With, the, the core yeah. of it. With that uh, caveat added to it, then mm. I actually probably would err on saying, yeah, it is much more of a cash grab in that sense, because <laughs> like you say, 20 quid on top of what I, I would feel comfortable paying maybe 45 to 50 pounds mm. for this. Mm adjusting for inflation on top of a game that i paid 40 pounds for originally mm -hmm. so i can't it's like a reach it's sort yeah. of like well we're going to see what we can get away with it is the last of us we do have the hbo show coming up last of us 2 sold, st still sold very well mm -hmm. and we do have the multiplayer game coming so it is one of our top tier franchises let's see if we can sell it for 70 pounds and i guess yeah. we'll just see how that goes i the general reception even to the when they um ended i think it was um, the PlayStation Experience show, whatever it was, when they announced the last... Oh, it was the Summer Games Fest. Mm -hmm. When they announced Last of Us 1 Remake, the general reception was, oh, okay, like, sure. Like, you, you're ending the show on a remake? Okay. Yeah, and it's now a, it's it like, a strange vibe, that was Yeah, it? and then now it's like, and it does play very similar, and it does, you know, um, it's not like that big of a, a, a crossover. It doesn't feel like it's from the ground up, so... And it's going to be £70. So I feel like it's it's in a weird space at the minute, where it's mm -hmm. we'll just see whether the silent majority of um, gamers overall do end up buying it for that amount. Um, yep. I also, I don't know about you, really don't like the new character models. I know that they're just taken from the flashback scene of Last of Us 2, yes. but I way prefer the look of Joel and Ellie from 2013. Yeah, it's um, weird, personally. isn't it? Because I feel like um, Joel especially actually looks like in better shape in a weird right. way. He looks more like aesthetically pleasing, and I feel like a, a more haggard and run-down version mm. of him suits the actual storyline better. This mm -hmm. is a man who's broken, and uh, it's taken a literal emotional and physical toll on him. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So it's like now he's more 
I don't know. There's, there's, Actually, there's that's a, a really good point because the model he's aesthetically taken, upbeat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, right? well, the model they've taken. I imagine there'll be changes if you start zooming into his face and mm. there's more scars on him or more like a weathered sort of look to him or something. But in theory, the model they've taken is from the middle of Last of Us Two, the flashback scene. So when him and Ellie are hanging out at the, at the museum, which yeah. is one of the heights of their relationship together. But you're inserting that into a point in the Last of Us One where they barely know each other, and he's still mm-hmm. the guy that's coming off being a smuggler and a thief and someone who ambushed people for money and product. Yeah. And everything so yeah that's a really good point that actually if you just insert that character model in it does look a lot more sort of friendly or yeah. whatever he needs yeah. to look utterly bedraggled like <laughs> when you first meet him because of the fact that he's got nothing left like yeah. there is literally no point for his existence other than pure survival instinct mm-hmm. and that needs to come across in the aesthetics mm-hmm. i think like uh the softening of him made you perceive him differently as the um as the game went on mm-hmm. so to start with that thing there maybe we'll actually have a tonal implication that's actually detrimental to the overall yeah, experience. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. I um, Yeah, I think there's something about the, the Last of Us 1 remake. I think for me, it's mostly the price. I just think the fact that they're hanging a yeah. premium price point on it um, is the thing that sort of makes me... And now that I've seen some of the gameplay, I go, oh, well, this is just the same game again. Like, really? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah it's going to look a bit better, but okay, mm-hmm. it's... You know, I've done this. I've played Last of Us a bunch of times. I've played the remastered version. Now it's the remake again. Um, I think it's a hard line for them to walk, and I guess that's why they're not talking about the gameplay more, and it's had to leak. Um, because the more they show it, like, the more people are going to go, well, that's exactly. not the less the hype actually is for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, <laughs> it's an interesting thing that we'll see shake <laughs> yeah. out across the rest of this year. Um, next question from McAllister NYC, who says, the Switch has been out for about five years. We're due for a new non-OLED console in the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. Are Nintendo trapped by the versatility of the Switch into making another hybrid console? Would just another at-home one be acceptable, or does it feel like they're locked in? I assume this is the way for them. But yeah, I feel like they've absolutely captured a market that didn't even exist until they invented it with the whole sort of mm. like, you have a fully handheld console. However, when you look at the sort of impact that the Steam Deck is having with um, the functionality that it can offer, excluding its price tag, they are mm. now getting competitors in the market that they thought they had completely monopolized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would say it won't be, it would not surprise me if a Nintendo did absolutely go for a uh, at home console fully again down the line and use the Switch to basically fulfill a. Um, nintendo 3ds 4ds role in the future so it's mm-hmm. like they offer a handheld only console that is super powerful but then they have an at-home console that has another amazing feature that's kind of like the split with the light yeah where yeah. it's like doesn't have the gyro uh, the detachable joy cons or anything exactly and i i'm trying to think because you when you try and look at nintendo's uh history of mm. how they've developed consoles they've always come across with like uh, one singular idea in mind that represents that entire console generation. So you had like the touch controls and the screen gamepad with the Wii U. Mm-hmm. The Wii obviously had the motion controls. Before that, the GameCube was, it is so small, it is completely portable, and that means that it's perfect for like a game with friends. Mm-hmm. You look at the current state of the video game as a medium now, and we've got VR, AR technology is mm-hmm. still very prevalent and still is being sort of explored here and there. I would put money down on a Nintendo announcing something with proper VR exclusivity ah. that is almost like it's a VR only console. Right, Some, okay. Something mad like mm-hmm. that because they still can pull it out of the bag. Like yeah. you take a look at the bloody Virtual Boy, you look took at Nintendo <laughs> Labo and you realize that there is some truly 
insane people still in charge over oh, there. I love that they like they saw the VR headsets that were doing the rounds and went, well, we'll do one out of cardboard. Just, exactly. just slot your switch into it. And I feel like they are just going <laughs> to do something like that again. It will be like, you won't be expecting the GameCube 2. It will be like a tiny, I don't know, like, what, what's a crazy shape for a console? It will look like a, a jellyfish, right? It will look like a jellyfish, right? right. And you'll, it will be see-through and you'll click the button. It will start <laughs> worrying. Its eyes will come and open. It will scan you and you'll be in the games. It looks like that dragon Some Mad. Slime controller, just a big block. Oh, it's Slime Jesus getting a shout slime out. Jesus. <laughs> there, he is. there he is. That's a really good point, though, that Nintendo, yeah, they tend to do this sort of sequel console thing, like the new DSi Lite or whatever mm-hmm. it was. They did that. Um, and it's weird. I have a fan theory, personal theory, whatever it is, that the only reason we got the OLED switch was because the, the factory side of things didn't fulfill their orders on the processing chips yes. to allow for a 4K yeah. switch. Because that's what all the reports were pointing at, the Bloomberg stuff, the Kotaku stuff. Everyone was saying, and there was insiders inside the factories saying, yes, we're manufacturing these processing chips. And for whatever reason, that stuff didn't come together. So I feel like Nintendo went, let's just cut our losses. And we've still got this deal with um, the new screen company or whatever. Let's just do another Switch with an OLED Mm -hmm. screen. Um, And that was like the bare minimum that they could do. And so I wonder whether that console is then classed as the sequel to the Switch or if the Super Nintendo Switch or whatever is still in the pipeline and then they move on. But either way, your point's very good that they always, when they're really like ready for the next generation it's always a huge step yeah. i just wonder how much they're still accessing the the hybrid function let's say of like the switch it's an interesting one because uh, nintendo you feel like just when you've got them figured out they pull mm. a complete u-turn and do something different that's mm-hmm. what makes them so beloved and kind of uh terrifying as a company because you, you just don't know where they're going to go next no i also think um that we said this on the main podcast but i feel like they will announce oh, sorry they'll release breath of the wild 2 or whatever that thing's going to be called um with the next mario and they'll be like 4k switch only they'll be mm-hmm. all they'll be built to take advantage of the new switch they'll do that whole thing and it'll be on people morons like me to fork out another 300 quid or 400 quid or whatever it is to keep up with the next switch because i got an oled switch it's fine but it, it is, doesn't. It's, it's very it's, nice. I mean, we've got the them. Thing, but, yeah. Yeah. It's it's fine for you because you already had a switch. <laughs> but for me, coming into that, having the best possible switch, I was like, oh man, what it's have I been missing good. out on? I've been loving playing that. Any time that I've mm. got a journey that takes uh, over an hour, it's in the bag. I take yes. it with me wherever I go. I've been absolutely rinsing some of Mario Strikers recently, oh, um, okay. to the point where I actually ran out of content very quickly on it. And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. The new updates coming out. Fairly I was going to say they've just done. I think it's out today. Um, or oh, sick. tomorrow okay. by the time people hear this. But like, yeah, yeah it's like. Daisy and Shy Guide and New Arena and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that like the Switch overall is one of the best consoles on the market. I actually, when we did a ranking of the best consoles right now, I did put that at number one. I do nice. think, considering the exclusives, considering the portability of it, um, and the amount of third-party indies that make it on there, um, I do think it's like an incredible system. But yeah, there is for nothing me, quite like it. No, I just want something with a better battery life. I think for me, it would just be something like that, and let it be able to handle the higher fidelity games. Isn't I don't it necessarily just, need the gimmick. It's absolutely mad, isn't it? That we live in this current age where we can mm. have all of these crazy pieces of technology, like. You know, you've got like portable computers in mm. your phone effectively, <laughs> but yet none of them can last like more than a day's worth of like that's I would the, say, the, regular usage. It's like, it's how they get you. You've got to go home and charge up, fellas. Like, that's, that's it. You've got to go. That feels like the most unspoken reality of our current time is that everything dies in two to three hours. Like it's yeah. like, oh, you can get a Valve Steam Deck. It can play Elden Ring. Like, yeah, for like an hour and then yeah. it'll die. <laughs> like maybe a couple hours. Hey, you can get a brand do. new laptop for work. Hey, that's died as well, isn't it, mate? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little inside joke there. A little uh, inside joke. The, um, yeah, let's just say that having 10,000 antivirus programs running in the background will sap the living hell out of your work laptop. Surprising that. Whether you want it to or not. 
Um, next question down from Nate the Gamer, who says, do you think games that come day and date to services like Game Pass and PlayStation Plus get an easier time on reviews and by people because they're perceived as free games? I don't think Ooh, they get a free that's... pass on reviews, but I do think that the general consumer attitude is like, well, I can dip in and try this, and if it's not for me, then whatever. That is actually a really great shout. Mm. However, what if we start unpacking that thought and mm -hmm. talk about perceived value of games in general that mm. come to Game Pass on day one? Mm. Yes, you've got this brand new game there. And yes, like you say, you may be more charitable charitable towards it because you haven't technically paid for it per game, mm -hmm. even though you are paying for the service. Mm -hmm. You're... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The value of that game is significantly lessened because it is launching alongside maybe 10 to 12 other titles on the same day and each are promoted as being the new hotness for you to try out. It's an overwhelming glut of content that unfortunately homogenizes how you perceive content. If it ain't the next Elden Ring, then it is as bad as the last game in that list. That's I always how... think that um, if you've paid money for something directly, if it's in mm -hmm. your hand mm -hmm. or if you've just bought it as a single purchase, you're way more incentivized to see it through. And I think that that um, impacts like holistic view of a storyline or holistic view of game mechanics or progression or whatever it is. Um, I'm curious how developers react to this stuff going forward. It depends how much these monthly models become the norm. I like obviously Sony are experimenting with it at the minute um, and Xbox have just doubled down on it entirely, which is great. They've made Game Pass, a, it is literally the best deal in gaming right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it is interesting of like, does overall playtime and retention just drop the hell off because it doesn't matter, quote unquote, because you've got seven other things to play and you'll have 10 more next month or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I think the impact will be on retention. I, I think that games still get reviewed. I think that's that person's job to review the game. They're still going to yeah. go through it. Um, but in terms of the general consumer approach to it, um, I did do a Twitter poll asking if people still finish the games that they get on Game Pass. And it I remember you did that still, well, back, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was still three quarters towards yes, where I finish my games, but it was like mm. I play less, I get through, I make sure I get through them, and then I get to the next thing. So it's almost like on the Xbox side, they have to balance how long those games are yeah. available. 
Like I said to you, I have um, on my Xbox Game Pass now, I have like a sidebar. So it's like all the games that I want to, I've made a note of like in a dock or something like that. But I want to play, sorry. But uh, the ones that I've actually installed, I can't, I can only have a maximum of five and I can only uninstall one once I've uh, finished it, (laughs) unless I absolutely hate it or I'm just done with it and then get rid of it. Um, It saves on hard drive space loads as well because Mm. I don't know how many of us have like our Steam libraries completely full of games that are pre-installed, ready to go, but we are just not playing them well, that's you limit, the deck, limit yeah. your choice down a little bit and that means that you've curated so this is the thing i'm feeling right now mm-hmm. and then you can start pushing forward because i tend to just I, I live the big dip life so i'll dip into a bunch do, of different man. stuff and then see what grabs me so stray i did in one sitting citizen nice. Sleeper, i did in one sitting like a, a seafood or pretty much one sitting like it depends what it is if something grabs then i play all the way through it if obviously if it was for review i would get through it yeah. but like i know exactly what nate is getting at in terms of like that idea of here's 10 things like a buffet like if it's yep. a buffet of 10 things versus one of those items on a single plate, you do view it differently and you're more incentivized to finish that single item on the plate if it was by itself as opposed to being part of 10 other things. What is that place that's in Newcastle where you can go and you can eat around the world? Do you remember that place? There was it's two like... of them. Yeah, they've both gone now, but they were they're oh, Newcastle they? upon Sign in the Northeast. Yeah, there was, um, oh my God, I forget the names of but them. Dynasty basically... was one of them. Yeah, yeah it was, so basically it was just like a, um, a buffet thing where you could go to different sectors of the world and sample yep. all the delights from there. Really cool. What, what was it? It's a great idea, but what was quite funny is, is that your metaphor works in a sense of say you go to um like grab some like spring rolls, then you'll mm-hmm. go and like top it up with a bit of curry, then you'll go and get a bit of that. By the time that you get back, your plate is such a mishmash of things that it all just kind of like seeps into one another. You've got like uh curry sauce on the uh, spring rolls, you've mm-hmm. got your pizza is now dipped into some hoisin I'll sauce, which probably is actually not terrible. Mango but... sauce on a cheese pizza is incredible. Indian oh, mango man- sauce, bang that on a cheese pizza, mate, or dip it in. I, I hands down say mm. that uh, Indian food, like Indian takeaway food, mm. has the best dips ever. You've yes. got like your yogurty cooling dips, you've got your spicy sort of pickle dips, you've got your amazing mango chutney, that sort of red salsa that is like a little bit bitter, but oh man, it's so good. I think, yeah, because you combine that with some of the stuff and it works. I was going to say mm. though, like that that whole approach of like, okay, I've, I've, I've you see it, the amount of different options available to you, you plate up with 20 different things and you try them all together and they don't really work. So sometimes mm-hmm. they do, but most of it doesn't or whatever and you end up getting you end up going back to the one thing that did work i wonder how much that reflects the overall approach that loads of companies have right now of here's your monthly service there's tons of stuff on it yeah. you know the, the binge model does that compare to a single show every week for example better call soul is doing extremely well right now especially in terms of social media conversations and everything mm-hmm. because it is week to week and it does have those conversations in between it and it's not if better call soul was just on a chunk of shows with 20 other things that week i wonder how much it would still take off yeah, um, agreed. Like it's just that whole general approach of like, how do you sort of itemize interest? Let's say um, um, the Hitman yeah. games had a perfect way of ma- maintaining mm. audience interest by going episodic. It was a very mm. strange move when it first was announced that they were going to go down that route, but mm. it has worked in their favor so well because the first game releasing uh letting players explore those very interactive levels and seeing everything they've got to see in them before then releasing the next level yes and that they were just pushing forward with content released at a regular consistent and quality rate that it just meant that uh the hitman of was it 20 when was it when was the 2016 reboot? was the reboot one that was uh, i honestly still think that that's one of my favorite experiences oh dude it's like the best through. one yeah, yeah, um, yeah like i know that hitman 2 and 3 the ones obviously that came after that mm-hmm. um improved on a lot of methods on it but i just love the episodic delivery of it i didn't make yep. sense when i was looking at it on paper but it felt 
so I think good. the term episodic had such a poisonous connotation back then because it was like, it's, oh my god, they're going to itemize and you know monetize each individual thing, but it worked. It was also because it came out around the same time that uh, Telltale Games were going through mm. the ringer with their Walking Dead thing of like, because it was an oversaturated market with the episodic release format. But yeah, totally. they did it in a way that kind of actually broke the mold and made a made great sense. I'd like to see more games do that. I wouldn't same. like to see single player narrative games necessarily release with chunks, but I mm-hmm. do think that there is a definite way for somewhere in here is like the the the, the happy medium of the two yeah. like i quite like in theory i like the way that the playstation are doing their playstation premium stuff where it's mm-hmm. like we'll give you a handful of classic games every couple of months as opposed to here's the entire playstation one library all in yeah. one go yeah i think that is a way to sort of get a conversation going around tekken 3 or soul reaver because that's arriving that month or something um yeah there's a way to find the the hybrid i think at the minute so many companies there's so many different mediums are trying monthly service plans and i think that's too much stuff to keep up with yeah and I, suppose, I think in games when the average game time is like 20 hours mm-hmm. um you know being given 200 hours of games every couple months is just way too much for most people yeah i agree um but i guess we'll see how it uh, how it goes um next question from zaku says did you ever play legend of dragoon growing up it's better than final fantasy 7 in my humble opinion i have played legend of dragoon i thought it was no. absolutely brilliant but unfortunately i never ever got the uh, secret final boss against is it magus Ma- um who is like you have to yeah. collect all these crazy things go up a stupidly difficult tower and then you have like a super final <laughs> boss i remember reading guides about it and just thinking oh i can get there but i could just never ever muster up enough strength to do it right it, right there, there exists a time of mm. the alt final fantasy games of when rpgs were expanding and trying new things and mm-hmm. they were just beautiful games that unfortunately will never see the light of day again mm-hmm. it's legend of dragoon legend of dragoon apologies and vagrant story will yes. always be up there as vagrant like, story's like, art style is stunning I, I it's didn't, amazing i didn't play legend of dragoon i know what it is i just this mm-hmm. reminds me of that whole post 90s jrpg boom where i couldn't get enough i was playing did you play Legaya? Or Legaya too, uh, or no, Disgaea, I don't remember that. The different things. But... Yeah, I, I think I, I think I did play Dis- Disgaea, but I don't right. know if I played it via my cousin. If you know what I mean, it was like, that, uh, the Breath of uh, Breath of Fire stuff as well. Was it yeah, yeah. Uh, you mean Breath uh, of the Wild? But, yeah. There's Wild Guns as well, which is amazing. Yeah, or Wild Arms. Wild, wild Arms. That's wild Arms I mean, is yeah. the one that's yeah. now on the PlayStation service. But there's like yeah. Wild something else is like a mm-hmm. first-person shooter gallery thing. But yeah, I love all those things. I never played Dragoon, but I've always heard good things about it. Um, it being better than Final Fantasy VII is a very niche take, but you might find you know companions if but people get in touch. When Square Enix were Square Soft, they were doing absolute wonders with uh, RPGs. I mean, look at how they dealt with Parasite Eve as well. That mm. game was phenomenal in a bombshell. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it, mate. Massive shout. Um, next question from PG Quips, who says, Hey, legends, hope you're both doing very well, happy and healthy. If you could make a video game of any childhood TV show, what would it be? I'd want Supermassive to take a shot at the Demon Headmaster or Goosebumps IP. Whoa. Or maybe someone could make a Pat Shops Funhouse Battle Royale. Now, Pat Shops Funhouse, that's pretty much four guys. If you're Yeah, it, it of, pretty much yeah, is, actually. That's Nyon exists. Anyway, Demon Headmaster would be brilliant. That's like that PS2, um, I always forget the name, Obscure. The game yes. that was like the yeah, yeah, yeah. high school thing. Yeah, yeah, bring that back. That'd be amazing because their approach to sort of um, narrative storytelling as well mm. and having a singular character as evil as the demon headmaster <laughs> would be fantastic. I've got a hell of a shout for this, by the way. Sorry to um, slightly cut you off. What if Bernard's Watch came back? I don't know if you like Bernard's what was, Watch. What was Bernard's Watch about? Bernard's Watch. He had a little little stopwatch and he could click it to go back and forth through time. Now, I've not seen it since I was about five, but I remember thinking it was extremely cool. And if he would, he would go up to the front of the class 
and then they would ask him something he hadn't done the homework so he would like click he'd freeze time with his watch and he would like read the answers on the board and then he would, he would go back and he'd click it again he'd be like oh it's it's cambodia or whatever it is and then they'd so, be like so basically they would, they would cheat he would cheat his way using the yeah, watch he just cheat himself through life but young me was like that's brilliant I'd, I'd love it i'd love a little cheeky watch that could freeze time and rewind stuff it's weird though because bbc uh children's tv had some really odd and quite disturbing mm. like things like do you remember <laughs> the queen's nose I don't know the name, funnily enough. But so I the that Queen's is. Nose was this uh, a child had a magic 50 pence piece uh, okay. for our American and overseas friends out there. 50p is basically what you'd uh, lob at people uh, on the bus. <laughs> uh, no, I, I kid, obviously. It's it's a form of currency, obviously. Yes. Um, Half a pound. And it's like, it's like hexagonal, isn't it? Yeah, I love how much we don't use coins anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The sides they have. It's yeah. quite a weighty coin, is what I'm trying to say. And mm. what happened is, is that this uh, kid found uh, this magical 50p, and if you rub the queen's nose, which I bet she absolutely loved, oh, yeah. um, it would grant you a wish. <laughs> and if you lost the coin, poor. the wish would transfer over to the person that picked up it. But it was, it got really disturbing because it was like uh, the character, the main character, kept on like finding ways to lose the 50p, or somebody became aware that the 50p existed and right. was trying to steal it off them and use it for evil wishing and stuff like that and it was always like it was just an Assassin's Creed game I don't know it was just really disturbing I was just yeah. like Ugh. like did, didn't enjoy that like I just had to google a show there because I remember watching something when I was tiny um and I, the words that I used to find this were old woman dog playing tv show I uh, and, uh, oh, uh, it's, oh what's it called do you no, remember no no, no no I can remember this um <laughs> it was not up in the air come fly with me come fly with me come outside you're come outside. very damn very damn close it, damn it, uh, following uh, auntie mabel and her dog pippin that Amazing. thing was stellar all you need to do is make a come outside plug-in for microsoft flight simulator and i'm there nope all right let's go one step further go on. let's get the ace combat team to remake that show as a <laughs> literal dog fight simulator <laughs> that would oh god i would love to take care of little pippin just use all the um animal animations from fable or something to loop the loops yeah there's there's a bevy clearly there's a bevy of, of bbc shows um that would make brilliant action games i would also like to get the uh i believe i can't believe i'm giving them a shout out konami yeah. developers uh, uh-huh. who worked on the silent hill um games let's get them to do a uh episode episodic format because we love episodic formats now um <laughs> of the uh rl stein's goosebumps oh you could oh you could do an until dawn style goosebump thing yeah it's uh yeah rl stein feels like as much as the goosebumps is a huge ip i know they did a couple of movies for it but it has yeah. never really there might be some games let's actually you know, google PS1 this, or like, something. Let's i feel go. like i saw a goosebumps ps1 game like as a as a box art when i was a kid but um I, I goosebumps video game and there's actually been quite a fair few one hmm. two three Three, four, five, six, seven. One came out in 2020. Goosebumps Dead of Night uh, okay. was for the PS4. It got a 7 out of 10 on Steam. I'm, Maybe I'm, there's a whole bunch of Goosebumps fans going like, finally, someone's talking about the real Well, yeah, of course there is. It's going to be Ash Millman. That's the only person that's like <laughs> playing this game. Uh, it she's looks... never mentioned it. Of all, Considering that she's such a massive horror aficionado, she's never brought up Goosebumps before. Dude, I'm watching the trailer for this, and this is incredible. <laughs> there is uh, a house that's haunted by puppets like ventriloquist dummies sure. crazy clowns and also garden gnomes and you've it's got not to that go far ar- of resident evil really you've got to go around in first person perspective basically hunting ghosts this I mean, is sure. amazing i would take that i think like like i said that's such a big like crossover age gappy ip i'm surprised that it hasn't been driven into the ground more or at least in a bigger marketing sense that is it? utterly insane i need to get this game <laughs> i need to get this uh, final question from rex wolfley who says how likely is it that playstation will monitor activity on 
their new PlayStation Plus service? If so, which past franchises would you push for people to play in the hopes that the decision makers see this and resurrect them? Uh, do you mean in the sense that they would be able to share the sort of like, these are how many people are playing uh, these old PlayStation 1 classics and uh, yeah, I uh, assume... you know, resurrect them? Yes, I assume this is what they're doing because, um, funnily enough, this month was meant to be Dino Crisis, the original one. It was listed on yeah. the Italian store, and then it didn't make it to the West, so um, or the, the other stores and everything, and it didn't come out in the Italian PlayStation store either. Um, but yeah, I would use this, if I was them, I would use this as a testbed. You put out Soul Reaver, you put out Dino Crisis or Bishy Bashy Special or whatever, yep. Yep. and then you go, okay... X million of people responded to this. We should do something with it. It's kind of like the reason that, like, nine times out of ten, when a remaster gets greenlit, not a remake necessarily, um, mm -hmm. but a remaster is just to test the waters with the audience and see if it's worth doing something else. Maybe there's a way to carry them across from the original to the new one as well if you time it right. Yeah. I, just going back to sort of like what games I would want people to play in order to do mm. it, it's hard to say because it's like what's coming to the if we knew what was coming to the actual storefront that's the thing they've not they've not said at all like i mean right now it's a paltry amount of ps1 games that are on there like it's everybody's golf and yeah jumping flash like it, it's I, see, I, I there, like but... i like jumping flash i mean it's still like motion sickness the video mm. game do you remember a video game called um no one can stop mr domino hell yeah do you know that thing creeped me out when i was a kid i think it was just that i think i read the title quite literally and i thought it was like a like he's coming at you like it's a horror thing i mean i was like <laughs> six or whatever he's here mr domino's here watch out <laughs> no one can stop mr domino and so like he's all because then he's coming at you on the box art and then in the game himself he's it's very he's he's getting there so i just i yeah. don't know young me i uh, couldn't vibe with mr domino but I'm, I'm sure he's all right now because of the fact that you and I have been, and James Dow's been playing a lot of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. Shredder's Revenge, and what a fantastic game, game it is. Honest, and obviously yeah. we've had um, the uh, amazing Streets of Rage 4 and a few other classic beat-em-ups mm. sort of like get a lease of life. Mm -hmm. What if we got Fighting Force back I would again? take Fighting Force. I have Fighting Force on my Steam Deck. I never played it's that. It's fun and it's dumb. It's very dumb. Yeah, it was neat. I just I just like 3D brawlers and there's nowhere mm. near enough of them. Like I said, I I'll point to Minority Report all day long. That game is one of the only decent 3D brawlers other than like Urban Rain or the Tekken Force modes. It's weird, isn't it? Because there's so many games that feel like it's money left on the table considering mm. the market where it stands now, mm. despite the fact that I can imagine that some games back in the day, they maybe didn't review as well as they needed them to and they thought, okay, we'll carry on with another franchise instead mm. of this one. But do you remember what there was like, a period in time when there was like loads of Resident Evil clones that came out, kind of yes. like Cold Fear on the PlayStation 2, which is the one Cold where Fear was stellar. The, like that should al alone get a remaster or a yes. remake because it's fantastic. And mm -hmm. I do feel like Resident Evil Revelations, the one set on a boat, yeah. stole so many of the ideas from that. Yeah, um, man, yeah, definitely. But there was another one that where you played a kid who had like uh, psychokinetic, telekinetic powers. And mm -hmm. I think it was called like Galer Galerians, Galerians or something like that. And oh, maybe. I was that, thinking of second sight and psyops oh what a game uh, what game sorry. but i feel like there's games like that that should mm. the probably these days do really well because you can you I, imagine yeah. a, a resident evil style like uh action mm -hmm. but with the power to have like throwing objects at people pyrokinesis on top of that you need like, to like block a door or something and you can yeah, grab the stuff yeah, in the room yeah. to like block it that i would love it if well. they, yeah if they use this service to sort of test mechanics like you can test mm. general playability of stuff but if you put trophies into these games i guess you can track how much people use certain mechanics maybe that can inform whether you do put more telekinetic power stuff into games or something like that 
Um, because yeah, I mean the nineties and the two thousands, I kind of especially the two thousands with the rise of the PS2 and everything, were just this great wild west of game mechanics and ideas and mm-hmm. everything before mm-hmm. everything got locked down as we are now, where it's like, well, only this is popular, only people only respond to this. Yeah. Um, obviously that still exists in the indie space, but yeah, I would use it to test a whole bunch of different game mechanics franchise stuff, and I would love it like you said with something like Cold Fear. Maybe you do like a hey, you know Resident Evil Four? Well, here's this game. Here's these other things that you should try. Yeah. Um, or maybe you have like an Amy Hennig collection, and it's like Uncharted and um like soul reaver and various things that she's worked on and sort of get the creators out there as well i just mm-hmm. want overall collation to be honest i want them to do a lot more than they are at the minute where it's just one big feed of every single game in a big line yeah be a lot better 100 agree but yes massive thank you to everybody for sending in their questions we will return with a full-on twitter asked question feed poll trough thing golden trough week. is golden over trough. back to the regular trough yes when we're back next week but for now this has been the entitled banner podcast i've been your host scott tilford joined by jules gill thank you very much for having me you're on twitter at at retro j but the o is a zero and i'm at slash lp89 until then we'll catch you then i said then twice goodbye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.